I just wonder if there's anybody here today that's thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. Are you thankful for the blood today? Aren't you thankful that he rescued us? Aren't you thankful that he's healed us? Aren't you thankful that he set us free? Come on, give him the praise that he deserves. Man, it's good to be in the house. I want to encourage you with this verse in Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible says, that is why we have this great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. So let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. I love that thought because, you know, we all find ourselves in a bit of trouble from time to time in life. And we have one of two reactions when we get into trouble. We either run from him or we run to him. And the Bible encourages us here that we should cling to him and never stop trusting him. You know, it's so easy to get twisted up in life and we get confused and deceived and the devil says things to us like, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be walking through this. You wouldn't have that pain. You wouldn't be wrestling with this sickness. Your child wouldn't be acting like that. Your finances wouldn't be in this situation. And in those troubling moments, we have decisions to make. Are we going to cling to Jesus and trust him? Or are we going to blame him and run from him and hide from him? It says in verse 15, this high priest understands our weaknesses for he had all the same temptations that we do and yet he didn't sin. You know, I think sometimes we get too much of a religious picture of God and we think that he's mad. We think that he's angry. We think that he's judgmental. We think that he acts like people. And when we get ourselves in trouble, there's a lot of religious people that love to say, well, I'd never do that. I can't believe you got into that. I can't believe you'd fall into that kind of sin. I would never. I would never. I'm so holy. I would never do that. Can I just comfort you with the fact that Jesus has never said that about you? He's never looked at your life and said, man, I don't get it. In fact, the Bible calls him the advocate. He's standing next to the Father and he says, hey, let's give him grace. I, I remember that. I faced that pressure. I, I went through that betrayal. I was tempted with that sin. I know what that feels like because he walked in our shoes. He understands. And yet he didn't fail. So it continues. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Because there we find mercy and the grace to help us when we need it. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't need mercy and grace. I don't feel when I'm strong. We should all rely on God's mercy and grace every day of our lives. But let's be honest, when we got it all together, we're not in a place where we feel like we need that stuff. So what Jesus is saying is at your worst moment, at your broken moment, at your abandoned moment, at your sinful moment, that's when you should roll up into heaven with boldness and confidence, knowing that you are a child of the King. And you can find mercy. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And then find grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Praise the Lord for both because there's a whole lot of trouble I deserve and there's a whole lot of blessings that I don't. But thank God for his mercy 
and for his grace. And I just want you to know it's there for you today. If you open your heart to him, wherever you're at, one of our campuses watching online, the presence of God is in this place. And you can leave here transformed. We're not going to church. We're meeting with God, everybody. There's a difference. He wants to touch you today. And I just want to take a minute to plead the blood over your heart, over your finances, over your marriage, over your children, over your health, and just ask God for him to do what only he can do. Amen, everybody? Come on, would you just open your palms to heaven like he's going to give you something today and open your hearts at every campus. God, we thank you. Your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. You're in this place today. God, we need you. Some of us are in trouble. Some of us are in crisis. God, we thank you today. You're not thumbing your nose at us. You're not judging us. You're not looking down at us. We thank you that as our high priest, you're advocating for us. You know exactly what it feels like. And you're encouraging us to run to your presence today so that you can extend the mercy and the grace that we don't deserve because you paid the price when you died in our place. We thank you for the blood that cleanses us today, draws us close to your presence. So in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood over every heart, over every life. We plead the blood over our marriages today. We thank you that what God has brought together, the devil will not separate in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood over our health today. We thank you that by the stripes that you bore on your back, you purchased the price for our supernatural healing. We speak healing over every person in this place. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, we take authority over sickness and disease. Even in this moment of worship, you must go. We thank you that you're giving us peace and joy that becomes our strength. We take authority over fear and anxiety and depression. You must go in the name that is above every other name. God, we thank you that you're touching our finances. We thank you that you're rescuing our children. We thank you that you're moving in our hearts, giving us vision, insight, wisdom, strength, clarity. We thank you today that you're better to us than we deserve. We thank you one more time for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Cause it reaches to the highest mountain. Come on church, sing it if you know it and it flows. And it
Come clap your hands and give Jesus the highest praise if you believe it today. Come on, praise him like he's rescued you. Praise him like he set you free. Praise him like he's actually blessed you today. I love the presence of the Lord. I love worshiping in church. I love being together. Would you take your seats at all of our campuses quickly? We've got some special time in the presence of the Lord planned for you today. It's an honor to have you in the house. Go ahead and grab your Bibles if you brought them because we're going to study the Word as we always do. Grab your cell phone if you don't have your Bible and you can follow along as you get ready to open your hearts. I want to say hello to all of our campuses. It's great to have you with us today. To those of you who are watching online, maybe traveling or at home, we love you. It's an honor to have you in church today. Thank you for making time. All the correctional facilities across the state, everybody that's not able to be in the auditorium sitting in one of our additional venues here at Olson Farms, we love you. Come on, church, let's put our hands together. Welcome one another today. It's great to have you in the house. So good to be in church. Today we have a very special opportunity. One of my favorite humans in the world is in the room today. And his name is Pastor Dino. Some of you may not know Pastor Dino Rizzo, so let me tell you who he is. He's, a, he's an amazing, really probably one of the most sought after communicators in the body of Christ today. In fact, when I texted him a few months ago to try to schedule him to be here, he was like, I got like two Sundays left in the whole year. So praise the Lord, we'll try and make it work. He uh, is incredible in all of his leadership. He runs his own nonprofit organization that equips the body of Christ in serving their communities. He's been called Father Teresa. He's got such a huge heart for engaging the community and just loving people in unique ways. That's called Servolution. You may have heard about it before. He wrote a book about it and uh, really models it with his life. He's so incredible just to follow along and watch him be with people. It's just really quite an amazing thing. And uh, of course, he also is the president of ARC. So he oversees the planting of brand new churches all around the world. And as we mentioned earlier, ARC is wildly successful. To me, the most successful church planting organization in the world. And literally planting churches on every continent. And, uh, and some of the largest and most successful soul winning churches that the world has ever seen. And we're so thankful for him, for the anointing that's on his life. He helped found ARC and now is leading it himself. On top of all that, he serves alongside of my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges. You know, Kate and I love Pastor Chris, and he'll be here later this year. But Pastor Dino is serving right now on his team, overseeing just the missions effort of Church of the Highlands, along with serving on the lead team, the executive team at Church of the Highlands. And just the budget for the missions department exceeds most, probably 95% of churches' entire budgets across the country. They give a lot of money away, and we're so thankful for them. And, uh, but more importantly than all those things that he does, I just want to mention for just a minute who he is because he's a dear friend. He's become a big brother to me. And uh, to be honest with you, every, every pastor needs friends. Y'all know that, right? Like we, we also need people to keep us straight and to help us think through things. And I've got three or four pastors. Pastor Chris, of course, is one of them. Steve Blair's a, an amazing friend. Kent Muncy call him a lot. But Pastor Dino Rizzo is one of my first calls every time. And can I tell you, he always answers the phone, always makes time. And with all the people pulling on him and all the responsibility in his world, man, I'm so thankful for his friendship. And he's been with me 
closely for the last several years. And I don't know that I'd have made it through some of the things we've been walking through without his mentorship, his leadership, his friendship, his prayers, his phone calls. And so I love him with all of my heart. He's an uncle to my children and a friend to me and Kate. Would you please stand to your feet and welcome to the stage a friend of this house, Pastor Dina Rizzo. Glory to God. Come on, let's clap our hands for King Jesus. Well, hey, it's good to be in church, ain't it? Oh, come on, clap your hands, I-Town, at every location. It's all about Jesus. Wow, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Give somebody a high five, and then you can be seated. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Wow, thank you, Pastor Dave. I'm going to get... I'm going to record that and send that to my wife and let her hear that and let her know how good she married and all those kind of good things. But I really love this church. I love it with all of my heart. I was spending some time out in the foyer with those that are sitting in additional seating and just spending some time with the life of the church and just so grateful for what God is. I love being here. I love seeing you. Uh, I, I pastored for 20 years in Louisiana. Now I'm in Birmingham. I would walk from Birmingham uh, to be with you. And I've loved this church from day one. So anytime Pastor Dave and Pastor Kate uh, allow me to come be a part, I was with the team earlier uh, in the week with their retreat and spending time together praying. But uh, I, I'm, not just, I'm just like, yes, yes, we're, uh, I'll be there. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because it's just a great church, what God is doing. And so many things I love about the church, so many things I love about you, hundreds of things we could spend the whole afternoon talking about these things. I love how you love God's Word. Uh, you love God's Word, and you've got one of the greatest preachers of God's Word in Pastor Dave. I thank God for how he honors the word the word is lifted high and i'm grateful for the preaching of the word that he gives you along with the others that are here in this sacred place and then uh, also just how you're growing as a church it's neat to see the growth every time i hear we're growing and again the people in additional seating and trying to serve everybody love everybody and then campuses are growing and you see what god is doing and and, and I, I love a growth track i think that's important it's just not a statement we're trying to no no we're doing everything we can to see people get on a pathway so that they can take a next step in god and you can be a part and see what God is doing in your life. I would. I don't know where I'd be if somebody wouldn't have gave me a pathway when I came to church. I didn't know nothing. I mean, I wasn't raised in church. I had a lot of different things going on in my life. I showed up at church, didn't know a thing, and the church reached out to me. So I was. I came to Christ because the church did an outreach. They did a serve day. They did a serve expression. What you do in so many different ways, whether that's through foster care, or whether that's through relaying food to people, uh, being there for those that are hurting. I was reached that way. Then I said yes to Jesus several weeks later. And so I'm thankful for a generous church and how you're expanding and reaching people, how you're doing everything you can to be on a team or let people know, hey, you matter. We see you through circles. Wow, I, I don't know where I'd be without small groups across uh, the life of my faith. And that's incredible. And I just love to see what God is doing. I was watching iTown TV last night, watching Pastor Dave communicate to, to this whole, my goodness, it's uh, broad, that reach. And thank 
God for a generous church that says that's important because of the faithfulness of your tithe and offering because you are so faithful in that area. We get to expand. And as Pastor Dave was finishing that, I texted him. I said, man, what a great way that you finished it. You cast the net. People are all across when they're watching that are giving their life to Jesus Christ. I about got saved over again. You know what I mean? I was about to say, yes, man. Give me that QR code. I'm joining. I'm joining. I'm, I'm leaving Highlands. I'm moving to Indy. Glory to God. And so I got so excited uh, watching that and seeing the impact, talking with your pastor. I feel very close to your pastors. I spend a lot of time talking with them. And uh, and when you, the more you get to know them, some people, the more you get to know, you're like, wow, that was a bummer. And, so, you know, other people you get to know and you're like, wow, that was a blessing. And I was writing this morning. I always pray for the church that I get to communicate in, pray for the pastors. And I just thought about the genuineness of their heart, truth, and just a uh, uh, stewardship, integrity. Uh, I wrote this word, sincerity. Thank God for how pastors Dave and Kate are sincere. That means they want to do it for the right reason, for the right motive. That's important today. And you have that in your pastors. And then the other thing that I wrote down and I prayed over them, that they continue to lean on God. Because what God is doing is much bigger than them. But they continue to lean on God. When you're around them, you sense that they're leaning on God. And I'm just so grateful for that, for people that are such great leaders. And then today's so special because it is Pastor Dave's 46th birthday. And it is your pastor's birthday. I'm glad I'm here for the party. Brother, love a party. I pulled out two. Yes, let's stand to our feet and clap our hands for our pastors. Stay standing. Check this out. I got two pictures. Here's the first picture that I pulled. Look at that. Pastor Dave is a baller. Don't try to hate on him. He will take, he will school you. And then here's the other picture that I chose. Loves his family. Can we clap our hands again for the birthday boy? Happy birthday. <laughs> I love a good birthday party. And so we love our pastors. We're grateful to be here. Delin and I love this church. Delin loves Pastor Kate and, and just sir, love the family. Our family's doing well. Of course, I do bring you greetings from Church of the Highlands, Pastor Chris. Uh, I was texting him yesterday that I was here. He said, man, I'm jealous. I wish I was with y'all because he loves your pastor so much. And then, of course, Ark, you're helping us plant churches together. Again, because of the faithfulness. When you go online to give, the integrity of the church says, let's go start some new churches. I get to oversee that. And we We've launched in the last 21 years, 1,107 churches to God be the glory. And uh, we're so grateful to see what God's doing. We've launched nine already this year. We've got about 26 more I think we'll launch for the rest of the year. People are getting saved in those churches. It's just a lot of fun. But the Rizzos are doing well. I'm kind of one of those guys who I make myself at home everywhere I go, whether you want me to or not. But I will sit up on your couch. I will get in your refrigerator. I ain't asking. I'm just that kind of guy. Y'all going to have to deal with it. I usually show a picture of my family, but I'm not showing a picture of my family because I don't like anybody in my family but my new granddaughter that was born two weeks ago. So here is a picture of my daughter. I've got two other kids, but I don't even like those other two kids. I only like her, and that's her. her that's my son-in-law, and then that's our baby Harlow. I think there's another picture of Harlow. Oh, look at that. Oh, come on, somebody. She's sleeping with a smile. The joy of the Lord is upon her. Came out the womb laughing, glory to God. That's my baby right there. I don't even know why I'm here. I've been, they've been FaceTiming me, sending me pictures. All the grandparents say, 
Amen. And so you know, you know, you know. Uh, you know, I get to travel and get to be at great churches like this, and I get to travel and be at churches. But there's something, there's something extraordinary going on here. There's something rare going on here, and I say that with all honesty. God's doing something different here. Just in the way that you reach souls and you, and you lift up Jesus. And, 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 and Pastor David Cater is so careful to make much of him. And I'm just so grateful for that. And, and I just love the heartbeat of this church. The heartbeat for others. The heartbeat for the lost. The heartbeat for the word. The heartbeat for foster care. The heartbeat for education. There's all these things that God is doing. And I want to come alongside of that. And I want to teach something that I really believe has kept, has helped me to recenter my life. If you're not careful, you can get off course. If you're not careful, you can drift. Just the way the world is and the way people are and stress and, and the cares of this world and the distractions of this world and at times our own selfishness and, and our own pull. All of us have a bent and a pull. And so so often I'm looking for those verses. I'm looking for those themes from God that help me to stay on course for the heartbeat of God. I want to talk for a few minutes about just the idea of the heartbeat of giving. Because it's been one of the things I believe that has transformed my life uh, to be God-honoring the best I can. Let's talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing across church life and, Lord, at every location and all across the, those that are being a part of this. And, Lord, we pray you speak to us. Thank you for our pastors. Lord, we, we bless Pastor Dave on his birthday. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the day that he was born and for the legacy of his life and for how you've made him the uniqueness of our pastor bless him give him give him strong years give him decades of impact for the glory of god he and his wife and his family thank you that he's a gift from god to us and lord thank you for every person here speak to every heart let everybody know that they matter and you see them but what's going on in their life father you see them we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a lot of church today, my friend. My wife and I, we did youth ministry for several years, and then we planted a church. We planted a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we were able to use a facility that this uh, overseer had. And so he said, hey, I've got a facility. So my wife and I, we go to this facility. We decided to launch this church in this facility, the small church that was there. And one of the things that this church had was they had this thing called a parsonage. Now, if you've never heard of a parsonage, it is this incredible, atrocious idea that somebody came up with that says let's have church and then across the yard let's make sure the pastors live on site so they never leave the it's it's sort of like you're incarcerated to christianity as a pastor and uh, and so anyway uh so that's kind of how it works and so i we we began to pastor the church and so it was amazing because we're just there every day 24 hours a day you come out and see us seven days a week it's amazing horrible uh, and so and then so the other thing that was incredible is the church for some reason somebody had locked this like on permanent where you could not unlock it where the phone would ring at the church on sundays from like nine to three but the other part 
part of the week, it's just such a blessing, and it's so uh, just just devastating, is it would ring at the parsonage. So the phone only rang at the parsonage for all the other times other than church. So it would ring all the time, all hours of the night. It's just, praise God, just every time you were doing something, it's just, wow, thank you, Jesus, for this phone and this parsonage. I'm just so thankful. And so that was our life, and we were, you know, we were just married. I was 27. Dylan was 23. We were just babies pastoring this church. And so one day I'm walking through the parsonage and the phone just rings like the hallelujah course. And so I go answer the phone and it's Sister Onita. Now Sister Onita had started coming to the church. She has a family. She didn't live far from the church. So she lived right outside Jefferson Highway. Then you run down Hushie 2. You go across by your man shack. And she down there by Antioch, y'all. And so she was living down there. She said, is this Onita? Uh, Pasadena, flood water about to come out to buy your man shack. Go come all up here down Hushie 2 Road. Go come across Elliott's farm and go come in my house. And I'm going to need you to get a truck and a trailer, get down here, and you're going to need to move me. And that was it. She hung up on me like that. And I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that was a part of my, my, my gift mix. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to figure this out on my Enneagram real quick. Uh, and so I, 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 what I do as a good pastor, I call a kid who's got a truck. I call somebody who's got muscles like your pastor. And I said, let's go. We're going to move Sister Onita. I guess I'm going to be the spiritual chaplain of the movement. So we go down Hushatu. We go across Manshack. We go down about Elliot's farm. And we pull up on Sister Onita's house. She, we get hurry. We got the flood water coming across Manshack. And so I'm, I'm hurrying. Go get, go get Momo. Momo's upstairs. Got to go get Momo from downstairs. Got the babies out the yard. Trying to get the babies out the yard. Trying to get Momo from upstairs. Trying to get her in the car. She said, y'all got a storage unit rented for me? Didn't know I needed a storage unit. And so we got to get a trailer down. We go take $300. We got in our checking account at the church. And we rent a storage unit. I move everything out that afternoon. We get everything moved out. And, and the next day, man, the flood water came out that man's shack. Come across Hushatu. Come all up on Elliot's yard. Come all up in her place. And if you've ever flooded, you know the situation. It ain't, it ain't pretty. And so I got to get her somewhere to stay. Uh, it takes about a month to get everything situated. And then we felt like, well, we got to get her back in the house. And so, you know, if you've ever had to pull out that rug, pull out that, that pad, fix out that tack strip, get them baseboards, that sheetrock, get new furniture. We were all in. I mean, we were fully committed. Now I'm like three months renting the furniture, getting new furniture. The church checkbook got air in it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all ain't never had to operate with air in your checkbook. And so I'm living by faith. And, and, and we finally get ready to move Sister Onita back in. The day comes, we move Sister Onita back in her house, get Mama back upstairs, get them babies back out in the front yard, and everything's good. We bump up her furniture. Man, we like Chip and Joanna up in there. We got chalkboards that say, Onita, Mama, and them babies. I mean, it, we all in. We fully commit. We gave everything we got. We sacrificed. We gave over and above. And I'll never forget going back down Hushatu, going back to the parsonage. And I remember the thought and the feeling that I had as a young pastor, as a young church planner. All I thought about is I'm glad as a church we went all in. I'm glad we went the second mile. I'm glad we went over and above. I'm glad every day for the last three months our heart has beat giving and generosity. I don't regret it one bit. I don't look back on it and wish we wouldn't have done it. I am thankful we got to experience the heart of God helping someone in need for the glory and the cause of Jesus Christ. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Really marked me as a young pastor. It marked me as a, as a, as a dad. It 
Mark me as a husband. Mark me as a leader that, Lord, I want to live in this space for hurting humanity, for the glory of Jesus, and for being a soul winner. You know, I love these scriptures that you can find that help you. And they're like a, what I call a one-stop shop. They just tell you everything you need to know really about something. And of course, there are others, but this is my one-stop shop as it relates to God's heart for us and, and, and me, me wanting to have and me living in the, the heartbeat of giving, what it looks like in my life to have the heartbeat of giving, which I believe is the nature of God and reflects the goodness of God. And Lord, I want to live in that space in my life. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 12. I will read slow because every word is incredible. All the words of God are incredible. This is amazing. Verse 6, remember this. Remember. Don't forget it. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart. It's a matter of the heart. Giving is a matter of the heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. There's no need to give reluctantly or under compulsion. And the reason why there's no need to give like that, because of the next words, because God, for God Almighty, loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered, I love that word, their gifts to the poor, Their righteousness endures forever. I love how Paul kind of turns it to farming right now. He says, now he who supplies seed, he's going to give you seed. He's going to give you seed to sow, seed to the sower and bread. Seed turns into bread for food. I'm going to give you bread for food. We'll also supply, look at this, we'll also supply and increase your store of seed. There's an increase that God wants to do in your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It's interesting to me that he, he, he connects righteousness to giving. It's interesting. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. It's like a lifestyle of generosity. And through us, your generosity will have a result. The result of generosity is thanksgiving to God. And then Paul says these amazing words. This service that you perform is not only supplying, there's a supply, supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing, this is amazing, in many expressions of thanks be to God. Can I have a good amen for God's word? I always bump that right up against John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. What did he do with all that? He gave. God love, God gave. Mother Teresa says, we are never more like God than when we give. That the nature of God is in the giving and in the releasing. It's the heart of giving. That's what the Bible is talking about. There's a heart to it. Your heart needs to be attached. Open heart, open hand. That, that there's a heartbeat of giving in our life. We've all been around people who you feel like their heart is eat up with selfishness. You feel it. 
You sense it. You could be in, you could be with someone. You could tell that their heart is eat up with hurt. Their heart is eat up with bitterness. You could tell when someone's heart is eat up with something. They've been, their heart is broken. Their heart is wounded. You get around that person. You text them. You DM them. You have coffee with them. You can sense what is in someone's heart. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why the Bible says guard your heart because your heart is the well spring of life. There's a spring that's flowing out of your heart. And if we're not careful, we got to watch what's in our heart. We got to watch what our heart is beating for. Uh, one of my best friends is a cardiologist. He's my cardiologist. His name is Dr. Yo, which that's the coolest name ever because he's just like, yo. <laughs> I walk in the office. I'm like, yo, what up? Yo, man, yo. And he's, real, you know, he's very educated and he's very straight-laced. And so I don't think a lot of people say that to him other than me. And so that's why we have a great relationship. We go golfing together and things like that. We spend a lot of time together. He's a circulation specialist. So it, it, that's his, his study is, is in circulation. So we talk all the times about basic heart health. And, and now that I'm 59, I love being 59. I can't wait to be 60. I am so looking forward to my 60s. Because when you're 60, you say what you want and go to bed with you when you want. Just Y'all get out of my house. I'm going to bed. God bless you. Everybody's like, it's okay. He's 60. Just, he's 60. I could preach something crazy and David get up. He's 60. It's okay. Just thank you, Pastor Dino. You, you won't be back. And so, you know, so there's just this old dynamic when you get older like that. And so I, I talked to him a lot about heart circulation and, and the basics of a healthy heart. And the other day we were talking, he said, You always remember the key to your heart is your heart is beating. It, 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 it you know, it, it, it releases, it contracts. It's, it, it, you know, it, it, it's beating. It opens. It, it closes. It, Why? Well, it's a muscle. So it's a muscle. It, you, a healthy heart is a healthy muscle. So it receives. It gives. It it takes in. It distributes. It it admits. It welcomes, and then it transfers. It's taking and it's giving. That's a healthy heart. Your heart is beating. It beats seventy beats a, a minute, eighty beats a but whatever that healthy number of heartbeats. When you get your vitals checked, it's our temperature. It's our blood pressure. It's our heart. Why? Because the doctors. Wanting to make sure that your heart is beating, your heart is receiving, and it's giving. If the heart stops one of those, then you have heart failure. It can't just receive because then it will become a reservoir. You have congestive heart. It'll fill up. And, if it's, it'll, and when it fills up like that, it stops. Okay, so it, it can't be a reservoir. What does it have to be? It has to be a river. It's receiving, it's receiving, and then it's distributing. The, the, the health of the heart is in the receiving and the giving. Guess what? The health of a marriage is the same way. The health of parenting is the same way. The health of good leadership is the same way. The health of a good single mom is the same way. The health of a good blended family is the same way. A college student, a junior high, whatever it is, we live our life receiving and giving, welcoming and distributing, taking and relaying. Lord, I live my life receiving your grace, receiving your mercy, receiving your forgiveness, receiving your love, but I'm not going to hold on to it and be a reservoir of it. 
oh, no, no, no. I'm about to open it up, and I'm about to give some love. I'm about to give some generosity. I'm about to give mercy. I'm about to give grace. I'm about, why? He that has received great love and received great forgiveness that gives that out. And, and you do it in those measures. Lord, help me to live my life that way. So I have a strong heartbeat. I don't want it to stop. Paul says this as he describes that the key to the joy of a farmer is the same way. That the farmer receives the seed from the earth, the seed from the fruit. He takes it, but he can't hoard it. He can't hold it. If he hoards the seed, no one's going to get help from the harvest. Matter of fact, if he holds on to his seed, then there's going to be no future for the farmer. The farmer can't love the harvest. He's got to make sure he loves the scattering at the same way. I just love harvest. I love harvest. I love harvest. Well, you better, you better love deposit. You better love planting as well as you love receiving. You better love the scattering. Paul says, make sure that we freely scatter our gifts. We release those things. We scatter our life. That's why the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's a giving. There's a receiving. Even in the middle of this, Paul is teaching. Paul is instructing the church. And out of nowhere, which has always shocked me as I've studied this over and over again, that Paul just in the middle of teaching this just says, oh, by the way, just so you'll know, God loves a cheerful giver. Let me tell you what God, God loves. We don't know a lot. The Bible does not tell us a thousand things that God loves. God loves blue. God loves South Dakota. God loves a vanilla latte. Ain't a lot of specifics. God loves the world. But then he says, I need to tell you something that God Almighty loves. He loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful in the Greek is hilarious. We get the word hilarious. If you push the little speaker when you look up that word, the word hilarious sounds like this. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love hilarious. Somebody calls and says, man, you're not going to believe what just happened. It's hilarious. I don't say no. I don't need any of that in my life. <laughs> don't tell me a hilarious story. I need negative. I need cynical. Tell me a hateful story that makes me. I need, some, I need a lot of hate right now. No, 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 no. I welcome hilarious. Tell me something funny. Tell me something that will be. I live for. I look for it. I welcome that. I need that in my life. God says, I love a hilarious giver, a cheerful giver, someone that is happy and excited and thankful about giving. Why? There's no need to be reluctant. There's no need to be compulsive about it. There's no need to feel like our arms being twisted. There's no way at all. I give because God loves a cheerful giver. And guess what? I love God because he first loved me. While I was yet a sinner, God loved me. While I didn't even know him, while I wasn't even obeying him, while I didn't even know a scripture, I'd never even been to a church service. I couldn't even sing a song. God Almighty sent his son. He first loved me. And if God loves me, I want to love what God loves. And he loves a cheerful giver. Now, I, I, I fell in love with my wife quick in a minute. Got off an elevator. Who's that? Still in Rizzo. Okay, great. Like three days later, I love you. 
I love you. And she's like, whoa, whoa, back that train up, big man. Back that train up, big, big boy. So I was in love with her quick. And there's nothing worse than being in love and the other person's in like. I mean, you get, you, yo, girl. I love you. And she says, thank you. Can we go to Arby's? D don't go to Zales, my brother. Hold up. Don't. Don't put a ring on that yet. So I was in love. And then so I started trying to figure out, okay, I need to love what she loves. I got to get her to love me. So I'm trying to be on my best behavior, trying to be genuine, trying to be authentic. You're trying to be a man of God. But then I started finding out that she loved Pizza Hut. She, she, I was like, where do you want to get Pizza Hut? She, I, love, I love Pizza Hut. Every day I love Pizza Hut. I love it every day. She, I found out she loved a certain chocolate. It's my favorite chocolate ever. Never eaten any other chocolate but that. I loved it. Bought it every single day, put it on her desk. And then I found out she loved these precious moments, little statues that you get at Hallmark. I went to every Hallmark in South Louisiana and bought them big-headed little statues, flying a kite, pushing a wheelbarrow. But I love precious moments. I'm a collector. Giving a pre hey, after a little while, she caught a glimpse of the total package. She said yes to the dress. Girl, right here, I love you. She finally said, I love you. And I was like, Ric Flair is right here. It's a total package. Now, we got a grandbaby, glory to God. I, I love, hey, God says, I love a cheerful giver. You've been so good to me. You have helped me when nobody else helped me. My God walked in when other people walked out. My God loved me when I was not lovable. And so, God, you've loved me so much. How can I not love what you love? Hey, how can I not be what you love? I want to be a cheerful giver. I want to live that. Even in my lack even in my struggle, even in my less than, I still want to have a heartbeat of generosity. I came to Christ when I was 19 years old because of outreach. And thank God for a great pastor, a confronting pastor, a strong pastor. I got involved with a little small church in Myrtle Beach and went to that church. And he was a strong man of God. Strong man. Preached the word. Heavy, like John the Baptist, you vipers. He was strong. Mean preacher. I don't know if you've been around mean preacher. Let me tell you something right now. Don't let the back door hit you in the backside. Go on and leave. There's five people waiting on your seat. I mean, can we go find them? Because ain't nobody up in here. My Lord. Uh, ain't nobody in this church. Because you, pre you could preach forever. You thought he was landing that plane? He'd go back around for a whole series on a Sunday morning. We're going to start a marriage conference today. We're, we're three hours here, but he, and he was a confronter, and he would confront you right when he felt it. And he would, and so I only saw him at church, and so there's a little tiny foyer, about six by six, and he walks into the foyer, there's a few people up standing there. He said, uh, Brother Rizzo, Brother Dino, I've been at church six months, I'm 19 years old. Brother Dino, can you, can you come over here and can we have a moment together? I mean, the foyer's so small, it's like, And, and he only had an outside voice. He didn't have an inside voice. Only if you know the person has an outside voice, they don't have an inside voice. He's like, oh, Brother Dino, I know God's using you. God's moving in your life. He's set you free. found some freedom in your life. I had some addictions in my life. And God was helping me with some of those things. And he, I mean, I was leaning in, going to prayer, reading my Bible. He said, but there's one thing right now that I'm real concerned. He said, you're not giving. He said, you've not given anything. You're not, you, you don't, you're not tithing. I said, nah, I gave something the other day. He said, no, you're tipping. 
He says, there's a big difference between tipping and tithing. I'm 19 years old. He don't care how I feel. He knows something more than me. He knows a little bit about marriage. He knows a little bit about raising kids. He knows a little bit about leadership. And he knows that if I do not understand the freedom of generosity, I will be limited for my whole life. Can't be a good husband. Can't be a good dad. Can't lead a good company. Can't ever be a pastor. Can't lead a small group if I'm eat up with selfishness. So I thank God that my pastor was strong enough. And he said, okay, stand right here. I'm going to teach you two things. I'm going to teach you the principle of the tithe. In the foyer of the church, in front of people, he taught me. He said, here's how this works. God gives you 10 Skittles. You give one back. That's a tenth. And you give it to him first. And that's called a tenth. That's a tithe. And you give that back to him. When, he bless, when you get blessed on your job, I was working out the Airbrush T-shirt place. When you get paid, you turn around and you give it to God. Oh, don't hate on them Airbrush T-shirts, man. I was making some cash money on that Airbrush T-shirt, man. Brother, tithe it. I started tithing. He said, but, so when you receive, you return it back to the Lord. Because you'll do better with 90% and Jesus and the Lord than you will do 100% and yourself. So that's your tithe. That's how you tithe. So you're going to live that way. I started tithing at 19 years old. And when I laid carpet and I laid wood floors and I sold tennis shoes and I, I, I dug ditches and I, 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 was, I laid sod, uh, I, I washed car, all these different jobs in my life. I have always been a tither. My wife has always been a tither. I do not regret one single time in the last 40 years when I have returned my tithe because I see it as worship. It's a worse, thank you for providing for me. I, I worship you with my, I worship you with my first fruit. Then he says, so you're going to be a tither. And he said, and then the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you to give offerings. He said, I just call that over and above. He says, it's like when the Holy, the Holy Spirit will nudge you. He'll nudge you. He said, now we do that beforehand. He said, you'll be in line at McDonald's. And you'll feel this nudge to get an extra biscuit because you're going to run into, so you feel like there's somebody outside. I need, I need to help that person. I need, and you get an extra biscuit and you bring it through the day because the Holy Spirit will speak to you beforehand to release that to somebody else who may need that blessing, who may need that biscuit. He said, now listen, if you don't run into anybody, you got two biscuits. The Lord has given you a double portion. You can't lose. It's when you're at the donut counter and you're getting a dozen donuts for yourself and the Lord nudges you and said, you get an extra donut for that neighbor that won't speak to you and you go put it on his porch. You're doing it beforehand. It's when you pray for somebody that's not saved. It's when you bring groceries to somebody and they don't even know about I-Town. They hadn't even heard the preaching of the word, but we're going to give you some groceries beforehand that's going to be a seed that we believe is going to turn into a harvest and the next thing you know, you may give your life to Christ, but we did it beforehand I call it bricks and biscuits sometimes God calls us to build something even before people are there some we, we launch a campus we'll build a facility I was with the church the other day and I, I was with this pastor I was preaching like eight times at Dallas you know, and, and he's like, hey, man, come early. I'm already coming early. I get there like 6.15. He meets me. He's like, man, I got to show you something. We walk through his building. Come on, I got to show you something. Hurry. I got to show you something. I'm walking with him. We go out the back door, and he opens the door. says, look. Look at that. Do you see that? I don't know what we're looking at. I'm like, 
Yeah, wow, whoa. He starts, look at him. starts crying, big man too, big man. He starts, oh God, <laughs> look. I'm like, oh gosh. Oh God, what are we looking at? He says, 700 parking places. He says, the people gave over and above they gave $1.2 million for people that are not yet here, but they're going to be here. Our church is growing, and they're parking on the grass, and they're walking around the parking lot. He said, we put all the parking places in. He says, I don't know if you see it, but I see families pulling at the parking lot. I see single moms being cared for. I see the, the elderly be giving attention, and they're going to walk in, park in that spot, walk in these doors, check their kids in, get a coffee, Sit in a seat, hear a worship song, and at the close when I give an invitation, they are going to lift their hand and give it to Jesus, all because somebody gave beforehand. It's the nudge when the Holy Spirit says, you buy them that meal. You bring them their flowers. You pray that prayer. I know you don't know him well, but you know that, that daddy is fighting cancer. You go bring him a little gift card. You send him a little DoorDash to let him know that you see them. But more importantly, I see them. It's the, it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit where I live my life with an open heart and an open hand because I have received the goodness of God. Therefore, I release when God speaks to my heart. There's two ways. I just wrote down this to bring some application, then we'll finish up today. Um, I think there's two things about this, kind of how to get our heart beating, kind of like how to shock our heart, get our heart started again, when sometimes the pressures of the world, the pain of the world, the, the distractions, the hurt, people hurt, and we go through cares, and we get overwhelmed, and our heart gets broken, our heart gets heavy, uh, our heart gets wounded. All these things happen in life. A lot on our heart, a lot of heaviness on our heart. Uh, we, we, just things happen. The, 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 thing, the first thing I wrote down, is, and these are, these are simple, is just start. Just start today. Just make a decision. You know what? I'm going to start tithing now. I'm not going to wait till later. I'm not going to wait when this happens. No. What's the most important step of any journey you take is the first step. You can't go anywhere if you don't take the first step. And it's not one of these things. I think so often we say, oh, I'm, I'm about to bless somebody. I'm about to help some people. I'm about to give out some food. I'm about to serve on a team. I'm about to lead a small group. About to lead a circle does not bless anybody. Like, you know that, that idea you have to help somebody, but it never moves from an idea? Then guess what? That person never got helped. When you feel like I need to say, I love you, I see you, I care about you. But if you don't say those words, it's the intention of a text that's going to bless somebody that's unsent. It stays on your side. The blessing is when I send the text. It's when I buy the meal. It's when I pray the prayer. It's when I give over and above so we could dig a well in northern India. It's all these things that you go ahead and follow through. So the first thing about giving is just start. So go online today. I'm going to click recurring giving. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start being faithful. Hey, baby, we're going to start tithing. I've got 10 Skittles from the Lord. We're going to give one Skittle back to the Lord. I'm going to give a first. I'm going to give a 10. I'm going to be first fruit. I'm going to do it consistently, and it's going to be a priority of our lives. And we're going to do that in 2024. We're going to start. 
Here's the second thing that I wrote down is, uh, let's do it together. Why? Because we can just do so much more together than all by ourselves. I cannot plant 1,107 churches by myself. We did. I can't feed hundreds of thousands of people like you've done, but we did. Can't launch a campus by myself. I'd be out there on the road with a bullhorn. I'd be, just be me. No, no. We launch campuses. I mean, we do it together. Together we do. Wow. We can do more together than by ourselves. Start a small group to help those that are trying to figure out sobriety in their life. Be a blessing to those that are trying to figure out addictions that they're going through. But we can do all that together. Amazing things we can do together when we come together and so I'm going to be generous. I'm going to do it through the local church. I'm going to let my heart beat for giving. And the expression of that is going to be through the local church. But then I'm going to be open to the Holy Spirit's nudge when he bumps me and he says, hey, hey, look up. Pay attention. Amen. Open heart, open hand. The other day. I've told this story a lot, but I, I just felt led to tell it again. I may have told it here before. I just tell it a lot because it, it marked me about six years ago. I was having a day where I was thinking a lot about me. My heart was closed off. I'd been through something. I was worried. I had a lot of anxiety about something going on in my life. And so I was very consumed about I don't know if you've ever had a day where you were in your head. Just my problem, my money, my pain, my situation. And I was going through Starbucks, and I don't remember the order. Don't remember the interchange with the human. Sometimes I can get so lost in my thoughts and my care and my pain. I don't even know anyone's around me, only me. My pain is consuming me. And I had one of those moments. I pulled my truck up. For some reason, I put it in park in the drive through line. I don't know how long I'm there. Somebody knocks on my window. It's just some young guy. He said, roll your window down. Man, I don't know you. I ain't rolling my window down. Man, don't come up by my truck. Don't come around my truck. And then he finally says, roll your window down. Or I roll my window down. He says, you're blocking the drive-thru. Nobody can get in and out. Nothing can be received. I was like, wow. It's 15 people around. The, you know, bristles hanging out. Doing a blah. So I pull up the truck and I said, well, who are you? I said, are you like, do you work for Starbucks? He's like, no, no, man. He said, I took a bus over here, wrong bus, ended up in the wrong part of town, trying to get down. I'm, I'm, he said, man, I'm homeless, man. I just came here to town. I got nowhere to stay. I got no money. Trying to get on my feet. Got a, you know, I think he was uh, working like a, a, like a dog groomer or something, but he hadn't found a job yet. And he's like, I'm just in a jam. I said, well, where are you going? He said, I'm going to St. Vince. I said, I know where that's at. We got a dream center. You know, outreach expression like you do. We're trying to help people down in, in that forgotten part of town. And, and it was painful. And I said, well, man, listen. I said, man, that, that shelter closes an hour and a half. You ain't going to make it. I said, listen, man, jump up in my truck. I'm going to run you down there. I am not an advocate to let people in your vehicle you don't know. But he's a, he was a little small guy, like a medium. And I'm like a double X. I'm in my truck in Alabama. Anybody feel me on that? I'm in my truck in Alabama. I'm in control of the situation, if you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I'm all right. He sits down. We start talking. I, I, got some, I got some clothes. Hey, man, take this. And we run by Burger King. And I was like, well, we, we, I'm going to bless you, man. I'm bless. What's your name? Benjamin. I said, Benjamin. So that's in the Bible. I said, I picked up a Bible character. You are in the Bible. 
I said, you're Benjamin in the Bible. Benjamin in the Bible. He said, what's your name? I said, Dino. He said, you're in the Flintstones. You're in the Flintstones. So now we, 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 we hate, no, we mess with each other. <clears throat> I get out. Benjamin, I, I need to pray with you. I pray with him. I tell him about some things we offer. He walks in. I watch Benjamin walk in. I was like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that you sent me to Benjamin. Thank you that you sent me to Benjamin. Thank you that you sent me to Benjamin. The Holy Spirit says, I did not send you to Benjamin. Your heart was stopped. I sent Benjamin to you to get your heart back beating. Benjamin was the gift. Benjamin was the gift. Benjamin was the gift. Lord, thank you for the moments in my life that you get my heart back beating. Thank you for the moments in my life that I lift my head and my heart beats again. I feel alive for the cause of Jesus Christ through the heartbeat of giving send us benjamins he was the gift to get my heart back beating let's be those people let's be that church in jesus name let's bow our heads let's pray father we thank you for what you're saying and what you're doing across church life even in this moment every location those sitting in our special seats, Lord, I pray right now, let us be those people. Our heart beats for Jesus. We want to relay all that we've been given. We want to distribute the mercies and the grace and the goodness of God. Help us to be givers. Let us start today. Thank you that we do it together as a church. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and just I'll just take a moment. They're going to, Pastor Dave's going to come. Team's going to come help you take a next step. And Man, we want to be family. We want to walk this thing with you. But all across the church, all those watching, if you say, Dina, I just feel far from God. I feel like my heart has stopped. It's broken. It's heavy. It's lonely. It's dark. It's divided. It's consumed. I've had heart failure. And I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I want to open my heart back up to God. I, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. If you're here today and you say, I need a new beginning and a fresh start. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to rededicate my heart to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I'm not going to have you stand or come forward. But if that's you, could you slip up your hand? Come on, I see hands going up all across this room right now. Dino, pray for me. I've, I want to rededicate my heart. I need Jesus in my heart. You can put that hand down. Why don't we pray a prayer like this just from our heart? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you that you died and you rose again. So with my mouth, I confess. Just say this, but with my heart, I believe. Touch every person today who prayed that prayer. Let it be a new beginning in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, our town. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision. Come on, let's give it up for those that made that decision today. Isn't that awesome? Now let's give it up for Pastor Dino. Can we thank him for a moment for being with us today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you so much. Thank you so much for joining iTown Church online today. We would love to have the chance to meet you and your family in person at one of our campuses. 
Or of course, you can join us streaming live online this weekend. Now for more details about times and locations and even some of our streaming options, you can go to itownchurch.com. I sure hope to see you soon and God bless.